and welcome to Seize the GM. If you're looking to get started GMing, we're here to help. And if you're a GM with a few levels under your experience belt, we are here to help you find your prestige class. Let us take you through some common questions, concerns, and the fun challenges that every GM will face. We have our ideas, our opinions, and some might even say answers that we want to share. So pull up a chair, dust off your dice, and let us help you seize the GM. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Seize the GM. And if you can hear this, that means you know Zen is back this episode. Let there be much, or at least some, rejoicing. I give snaps. I give the snaps. It's good to have you back, my friend. Yeah, well, life has been throwing me some pretty crazy curveballs. Month and a half. But we are not going to get into those because those are not as important as what we're going to talk about this evening. Or maybe at least not as fun, right? Well, yeah. This is the funnest topic. It's kind topic. of all the same. Yeah, but this is the funnest topic. It the is funnest... a good one. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going back to something we started about inspiration for different kinds of games. And while last time we had one of my personal favorites, the, the social, political kind of game, this one may be a little more universal. Yeah, that <laughs> yes, uh, that would be that would be uh, a little more combat heavy games. Because let's face <laughs> it, at the end of the day, 90 percent of the people playing these games that we all love and 90 percent of the game sessions center around combat, not just conflict, but actual physical or energy or whatchamacallit combat uh, from, you know, punching people to blasters to starships. And so how you build inspiration and kind of some of the one things that we look to uh, for inspiration are in our show notes, the doodly-doo. And when you know your campaign or session is going to be combat heavy, the difficulty this time, I think, is making sure you've got the right level of challenge for your players. What about you, Jules? Well, it, level of challenge, the thing is, like, you can always kind of, like, sort of muck it around on the fly, but make it so that the the fighting actually is entertaining. You know, this is this is the time where you can kind of go into your inner bard and, and flowery language a little bit, just so it's just, like, you know, just punch face gets kind of boring. But if you say, all right, you make a mighty swing and he's panting, but you could tell he's not down. So you need a little bit more um, because like combat usually is kind of exciting and we already know what the, the win condition is, but the stories that a lot of people will like to tell about, Oh yeah, these totally cool combat either have a bit of comedy. And the best one we ever had was when we were uh, going to attack a Tendricula and RGM and his wife, and I love them very much for doing this. Uh, she'd be doing plant cutting. So she takes two potted plants and boom, right on the table. One, we're laughing. Second, you know, after we all won, you know, because we were fighting four of them and there's four in the party, we each of us got a plant cutting as something kind of cute. But the thing is, like, we actually, you know, having like this reps can make it more fun, like visually or flowery language description. It allows you to be 
you know, when you're doing more intrigue games, sometimes you have to be a little bit more guarded with your language just because you don't want to accidentally infer something that you didn't want to infer. You know, I'm not saying like, oh, being sneaky with your language, but you don't want to accidentally say something that might have a, a alternative implication that you didn't consider. So, I question the premise of your statement, but that's a different episode entirely. Well, <laughs> it, it's it's the, the joke is, is like, especially, you know, for something at work, you know, I'll bring up. OK, it's like everybody knows what an RPG is. And I'm speaking to a high ranking military official. And I'm like, really? OK. And I call over one of the engineers and I'm like, OK, what's an RPG? And the high ranking military official says rocket propel grenade. And the engineer says role playing game. And then I'm yep. like, there you go. There you go. So it's it, it's little thingies like that. that and I know I kind of get caught up on that. But with combat, it, it's a lot. The thing is, like, also, it feels like you're allowed to be a little bit more riskier, um, at least sometimes with the feel of that for me. And also, Depends it's very freeing. But it's also very freeing. Because I'll be honest, you're standing behind a jerkwad at McDonald's and they're whining against like, you gave me, you did, you put three pickles on there and I asked for four and you just want to sock them in the face. It's that there's a catharsis there where sometimes for your rage of dealing with dum-dums, you can be like, I'm going to turn something into smoosh. There's a lot of good things about certain combat heavy games. And sometimes it, it's, you know, sometimes your players might need that too. And if you can give them a hell of an experience, you know, you're going to make their day better. They're going to feel empowered. They're going to feel epic. And, you know, the heck, that might, as we talked about last week, that might, that feeling sometimes like, yeah, I can do this. If they're having something scary coming up, they might be able to turn against like, I'm going to get you and I'm going to defeat you and I'm going to make sure I rock this thing. But that's me. <laughs> There's a lot of different ways that you can do uh, like really combat heavy games. And it's going to sound kind of strange because generally you can have what we're talking about specifically is the kind of physical combat, not doing because see some games have like where you will have social combat and it, there is a place for that. Don't get me wrong. That, that's and, a different question for design elements. but yeah. Right, that is a design thing. We're specifically talking about two people smashing each other with anything from sticks to guns, to lasers, to nuclear weapons. Bar whatever. fighting. Whatever, mm -hmm. you know, there's, this is, this is, what we're talking about, not the esoteric of game design here for combat, in quotation marks. Because there's nothing wrong with that. Those are all different forms of combat. But we're specifically talking about physical combat. And one of the things to remember in working with your combat-heavy games is that the combat and the violence doesn't have to be oppressive. One of the classic combat-heavy kind of inspirations is a, a tournament style it's hong kong action cinema it, it's the uh, idea of you know a, a tournament of champions uh, you mean mortal combat don't you neener <laughs> i was getting to the life or death 
Bard was going to make a segue or, or just skip to Bloodsport if you were going to. No, Mortal Kombat <laughs> is, is a great example. It's, it's fresh on my mind because we've had the newest version of it. Oh, yeah. Which I is good. That was released. Yeah. I forgot that was released. A it's different fun. conversation. Different. Different. Yeah. That is a different show. That is a different show. But Mortal Kombat, Bloodsport, a host of other things are all built around a, a similar kind of construct of the tournament. Uh, the Immortal yeah. Iron Fist is a great comic book series that is based on this same concept that expands that world. And it lets you do a lot of world building. Uh, the quest, I think, is a great example of a way world building gets done through a combat heavy tournament style game where you see the parts of the world and you see different styles getting used and you kind of build out that concept. Yeah. But another option, another kind of way to focus on, on designing combat heavy games. Zen, what do you have? Well, there's the the other really big one if we're talking about things like, you know, tournaments or whatever, is war stories. Literally war. And and all of those oh. stories that go with it. Because especially you like you band mentioned of brothers the, kind of a thing? Well, there's that. There's like saving Ryan, which was, you know, oh. I mean, there's great combat in all of, and, and I say great in war is hell and combat is disturbing as it should be. But there are other types of war and fantasy does a lot of things with wars, you know, good versus evil, things like that. And a way to really kind of, depending on what your game system is, will determine various factors, right? So if you're playing something more modern, then you would want to do something that's like either a classic war or a near future war. You know, if you're going to do something along those lines, war, war tales. Now, if you're doing something that's like science fiction, you can have planetary battles and do all of that. But a great one for adding a lot of flourish and style to combat was, and it always comes to mind, and it was, uh, it's the Eye of the World series from Robert Jordan. Anytime... I'm not familiar with that. Ran, cool. Ran? Is it Ran? It's the main character that's with the Aes Sedai, um, but he is a sword master, and they have like moves like a thousand flying cranes, and it's like there's a very specific form to this thing, and how the attack works, and like he talks about it in the book, but explain it step by step. It's it's flourished, and so like you could. In, say, your D&D game, say, you know, instead of, I attack with my longsword, you know, you're like, I perform, you know, the rising phoenix strike. And, I mean, it's just you rolling an attack roll, but you're adding that flourish as a player or as a GM. Well, and that creates a lot more player buy-in and creates that, like, image and idea in your head. Right. And that's... You see that kind of idea and, and concept captured very heavily in you know things like the Super Sentai series, the shows of uh, 
you know, kind of the classic Mighty Morphin Power Rangers where you yeah. pull out Trans or Z. Yep. In <laughs> fact, there is an alternate rule in uh, Ninja Hero where you are, you know, required to yell out the name of your special attack when you do it at the table or it is not quite effective. Right, because that's how it should be. And and again, that's based on the game. That game in particular wants you to do that. It's built into the design of it. And that's awesome. But now say you were doing something like, oh, I know another one that might be kind of falling along that line is the Street Fighter, um, where they have special maneuvers and special moves. Uh, it's built into the game. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there's nothing. Sorry, wrong I miss Raul Julia. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's one of the other cool little things is that you can do that with it and it does it gets player buy-in it helps with world building because you could have like you know very specific things where like oh well i went to special training at this one academy that only teaches this one maneuver you know and all the monks are are you know perfect at it and i'm i'm a sad excuse compared to them you know which sets up all of those stories about rival schools and sets up all of that kind of classic feud uh, adventure structure that you can see. Uh, something else I like sometimes to flip the, the war concept on its head is, you know, you've lost the war. You're the insurgents who lost. Uh, oh, and you're fighting you... back. Well, mm -hmm. I, I think in the doodly-doo, I put one of my favorites of that, which is Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future, which... <laughs> If you are old enough to remember, you will understand my absolute amusement with this show. Live action Saturday morning, and if you had the right toys, the TV screen would shoot at you and vice versa. It was <laughs> loads of fun. But it also sets up that, you know, kind of inverse uh, of the war fight where you're the insurgency. You're, you're the you know, terrorists to the people in charge. Yeah. Are you right? Uh, I, I've mentioned Blake 7 on here before, which kind of is, is another property that raises those same questions of get the characters to ask how far they'll go to support their cause. See if, see if there's a question for those characters morality and what, whether they will do something unjust in the name of the just and what the world thinks about it. Right. Well, how far will they go and will the world still support them when they've gone that far? Jules? You know, those are great questions. Those are great kinds of questions to ask. <laughs> I was circling back around to you, Jules. You started it off strong with kind of a good discussion and, and wanted to see what else you had that. Uh... Well, it, it's the thing for me is sometimes it's just like, okay, getting that the, okay, somebody just needs stress sleep. But the big one also is why you're fighting. And if you really want to see an interesting take, and I'm bringing up Sin City. Because we all know it's like one of my I, I love Marv. Marv is a really interesting and unique character to me because, you know, he's it's like, why is he fighting? It's just it's for Goldie. And the other one, it, it, it's why are you fighting? It's to defend my turf. And it's it's dark. It's visceral. The violence is incredible. The fighting scenes are really just beautifully shot, in my opinion. But. The thing that makes it, you know, in the comics, I, I like the, you know, just like the, the the splashes of color for just 
just that hit, but it's why, you know, why? And the thing is like, they, it's like, Marv's not gonna, you know, he, Marv's not gonna just hit somebody just because they just, you know, but you insult Goldie and uh, that's, you know, pretty much the end of you. So it's, it's, it's on. <laughs> uh-huh. And it shows, it's just like, okay. Ver, uh, a bra- And the thing is like, I love it because it shows everything from just a standard brawler to a, you're, you're, you're gearing up for the showdown. So you're doing all X, Y, and Z. You are, you know, um, there, there's so many interesting kind of setups to it you know where they're you know the desperate fight for survival the fight for payback the fight for revenge but it's not just you know punch phase you're actually seeing the setup the build and sometimes that could be as much you know ripping and gutsy as going into it and you know and and the thing is like you see that in sin city but you also see it in Bravest Warriors and Adventure Time, which is goofy but cartoonish as heck. But, you know, it's, you know, one person's like, okay, you have to kill this one person in order to, you know, save your entire timeline. But, and you're like, all right, and you're psyched up and you're getting ready, and then you can't do it. And you're, it's, it's, you know, and then you have your like other teammates wizard. that are, yeah. Like, yeah, ice like ice wizard, king. because like you're just like oh my god yeah ice king and once you and once you oh, realize I, I story, kill you, but once and once yeah. you realize his story and when you realize that you have to to do it so he stops and it's just like certain things, it'll it can rip you to tears yeah but it's also really kind of you know it's like okay how much it sometimes it's the you know okay ice king gives a whole bunch and and he's like gunther what the heck are you doing that kind of goofy and it's fun yeah. and it's nice but the nice thing with at least in adventure time you can have everything from that goofy silly very cartoony to you know where you have the the baby and he's going against you know the um oh god like i can't remember the the big the super duper big bad and he's just, he's like, no, I am better than you. I am stronger than you. And it's just, it's mind blowing. Yeah. And the thing, so it, you can have like a big eye, small mouth kind of an idea of, you know, uh, a Super Sentai punch up and, you know, or a, a, or a, you know, a tournament arc. But then you have that one where it's just like, just because it's not super serious doesn't mean you can't have those serious reflective elements. And if you're having something super reflective, doesn't mean you can't have something a little bit goofy. Yeah. Now, if you want to go really dark with something kind of like that, there is an awesome anime, uh, Gun Girl. Oh, yeah. I own it. Um, the original, the very first one, it was so dark. And there was all kinds of like combat and fighting in that. And then you realize what's actually going on, and it's like, holy, good lord, what is going on? You know, and it just yeah. all of a sudden, and then it all clicks at some point, and it's just, yeah. And the big thing is like you just like when we're watching Mortal Kombat, when we're watching uh, Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. Which I had completely forgotten about Gardemanger. Thank you very much for the reminder. I love that. You are quite welcome. But sometimes it doesn't have to be fun. It doesn't have to be super, you know, over the top. It has to be engaging. 
you know, that yeah. desperate crawling fight for survival. You know, if you're doing a World War II kind of, it's like, okay, you know, it's like, okay, now Poland's been invaded and now you're freedom fighters fighting against the Nazis. Or, right. Mm -hmm. Or you could be a, uh, you know, the, a member of the, the the French resistance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it could and there's a whole bunch of stuff that even if you're not playing a super duper heavy combat character, okay, you're playing a rogue and you're not just fist punch. Okay, you know what? You're sneaking behind enemy lines and you're disabling all of their their pillboxes and you're you're decepting their supply lines while they're doing that. They're waiting for extra ammo and reinforcements. You're screwing up the signs and stuff like that. So it's not like the actual punch up aspect, not everyone has to be punching up, but they all have to be kind of at the same time. And it, it's difficult to pull off sometimes like, you know, multiple theater. If you're able to pull something like that, where even like your non combat heavy characters are still doing something to aid the fight that's and they can see. Uh, kind of like the effects in real time like okay they just knocked off a supply thing so that means instead of lasting six rounds they're only going to last two yeah that's you know that's important uh, it is it is and and it's it's putting that spotlight on the people that are not just running around and 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 punching and and shooting and everything else everyone it, needs to have something to do mm-hmm and what it boils down to is that the violence, the combat, is used to reveal things about the characters in the world. At the end of the day, almost every single superhero comic book and movie and TV show comes down to combat. Yeah. And the question isn't who wins the fight. The question is, is you know, why are they fighting, like Jewel said? The question is, what's it show us about what they are fighting for? for where are they when they finish did they lose something of themselves so when you look for inspiration for a combat heavy game remember that for all the fun it's going to be to make the big bad evil guy and design the the combat encounters and kind of set up the, the tricks and and kind of those fun descriptions of, of combat make sure your players have something to grab onto for their characters when they come through it and that's what's going to make a successful combat-oriented campaign or session. Yeah. Yeah, because the more you get them to hook into it, these are the, usually here, you know, the war stories that, you know, players tell, it's always from you know, this crazy combat that we had or whatever. Those are the things that stand out. So the more you can give them to hook into as players, the mm -hmm. better it will end up being and, and the every, more memorable it will be. And it's the thing is, is like if you can even get, you know, the, the your non-combat players as a buy-in, having them, you know, work with the other people on it and your team about, Okay, it's like, you know what, you got a super charismatic person and they're going to be going up and they're coordinating with the resistance. You, they're, they're making it so you trust them and they trust you so you can actually get some cool synergy work. You know, if, yeah. some, if, if they know a big bad showdown is coming out, certain players, and I've seen this, get kind of like, okay, well, I've got nothing to do. It's like, mm -mm, no, they have. Because the thing is, you wouldn't have been Find able to get to the big bad to fight and you wouldn't have been able to get to the big bad fight if 
unless they're a brand new character that day, <laughs> they wouldn't have been able to get to the big bad showdown without them. So make sure that because they put in the work to get to the big bad, that they have something to do to defeat the big bad. Yeah. Otherwise, they feel kind of, you know, it's just like, OK, uh, like we got through the dungeon and we fought and we got through all the traps. Now they're just sitting in the corner while pe other people are just doing punch face. That's no fun for them. Yeah. So just just remember, it's like even if they're not combat heavy, one just make sure that they're not smooshed unless it's their own dumb fault. Like, hi, I'm gonna go <laughs> pee on an elephant's leg, you know, stuff like that. But you know, they're you know, combat heavy things does not always mean everyone's punching face. So it could it's be fun. true. Yeah, it is true. So anybody else got any more things that they want to talk about with Combat Heavy Games? <laughs> I think I'm just going to defer to all of the that's another show comments that have been made. Uh, because just like with the social and political games, there are a legion of other aspects that we could go into more detail on. But this is the 101. This is just the beginning. So I think yeah. I'm ready to... Uh, Jules? Yeah. Just FYI, folks, we've put a whole bunch, like the ones we've talked about, as well as a couple of other little bits and bots into the doobly-doo. So if you've never seen Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future, we have a link. So now you can actually learn more about it and then enjoy yourself. So, yep. you know, and if you find anything that you like in there or you have other series or, or books or, or even video games or something like that, that really kind of shows what a good combat heavy but not just boring slog can be share it with us. We're on social media, put it in our discord, send it to yes. us on Twitter. Come tell us, we shall seed a tournament, a competition of your combat stories. Find <laughs> us on social media and learn where in the bracket you and your story fall. That'd be fun. Sweet vermouth really on the rocks will always win though. <laughs> So Coming soon, on the watch Patreon. to the winner. <laughs> okay. So we're going to go ahead and normally we would go into stat blocks, but not this episode. Yeah, we, Sorry. We, this, this, hey, this, the, the past bits have been a little bit etch-a-sketchy, you know, nothing. We can't get anything fully locked in, so... Stay tuned for next week when you're going to hear some amazing ideas and adventures and seeds that you can use in your or next something, day. something mm -hmm. next next episode. Indeed, we, we'll talk about that though at a later point. Uh, so instead, what we're going to do is we're going to flip on into our lexicon, an uncommon word that helps improve your descriptions, with a bit of information about those words as well. Okay. Are we ready? Eh, for the most part. Hit me. Incongruence. I said I wasn't ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, um, I wanted to find something that was different. <laughs> And yeah. and this is this is this word is different because the t the definition of incongruence is incongruity. Yes, yeah, and say being incongruous. Yes. So then, when you look up, because it basically says 
yeah, the definition is incongruity. Go look that word up. Uh, so then I did because I'm that guy. And it came up with, you're going to love it. So there's two definitions of incongruity. The first one is the one that we're not going to talk about. Well, we will. And it's, it's funny. Uh, so it's the quality or state of being incongruous. Okay. Okay. And two is something that is incongruous. Yep. Fair. Are you <laughs> technically correct, which is usually the best type of correct, but yes. dude, come on. Yes. Well played. I, 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 yes. I, tip, I tip my hat. <laughs> I tip my hat to the dictionary for winning the internet today. Merriam-Webster is amazing. And I actually have a paid subscription to their Unlimited, so I can like go a little deeper than just the the normal website because it's got the unabridged versions. It's got a bunch of other things in it. And this was, I went through every single version that they can, and yeah, it was all the same. <laughs> now the origin is from late Latin and... Uh, I'm not even going to attempt to say that because I will butcher it more than I normally butcher things. Uh, I was going to say, is that just like an an ask for additional snort? Uh, probably. Uh, incongruentia, which is from Latin incongruent. <laughs> you got to love it. American English just rips, you know, it literally just takes other languages into a dark alley, beats them up and goes through their pockets for spare words, <laughs> whatever, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so its first known use was 1610. And it isn't actually, and this is even funnier. So incongruence is in the top 3% of words it's looked up. <laughs> I, I I really have nothing but respect for Miriam Webster at this exact moment. I kind of want to eat my own face now. Thank you. <laughs> that was not to it. I'm just like, because I was like, you know, I want to do something that's war, but not war. So I I was like, I'll go through the thesaurus because I have access to that too. So I'm like, do, do, do. And it was like incongruent. I don't know if I want to do incongruent or incongruity. And so I started looking them up, and I'm just like, oh my God, this is a vicious cycle. This is a vicious cycle of viciousness. This is warfare. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was laughing so hard. Oh, yeah. I, I could, I could. <laughs> it fits, it fits so, it fits so bloody well. I, I can't. Yes. Uh, well. So since we, we learned something very important, which is that... Incongruous is a state of incongruity, which is only yes. defined by being incongruous? Yes. A nasty, vicious cycle of incongruity. I am now being inspired for a big, bad, evil guy. <laughs> so we are going to go ahead and hit you with our closing remarks, and then we are going to get out of here until the next episode Ooh. go to Maje, go well i mentioned earlier that superhero stories are often all boiling down to conflict and combat so i'm going to recommend today that you check out invincible 
the Amazon Prime adaptation of the Robert Kirkman comic book has wrapped up its first season. It's already been renewed for two more, and it started as a really fresh take on superheroics and, and kind of exploring a coming-of-age story in bad situations. If you know the story itself, uh, then yeah, the first really big arc is the first really big arc. And it's, in my opinion, a better take on questioning what it means to be a superhero than some of the other uh, contemporaries, even some of the other Amazon shows that are also currently being made, which we've talked about before. Uh, but there's at least two more seasons coming. It is eight episodes of 45-ish minute long uh, eight, yeah, eight 45-minute-ish long episodes on Amazon Prime right now, and it fits perfectly into our combat-heavy theme of the episode. Nice. Then, your turn. Okay. I'm going to cheat, because I have two. And in in the... the, the this one just hit me, actually. When you were talking about Invincible, is Jupiter's Legacy. And it, one of the big, big things is it's your, these are the children of superheroes and how messed up they are. And it all boils down to there's this one fight and one of the kids kills one, like kills a villain. And Ooh. the story takes off. Yeah. And the story takes off from there. Now, this was originally a. Um, it was a comic that was, I want to say. Image, but it, I could be way wrong on it's, that. It's it, Miller. Yeah, it's it's one of the Miller verse stories, but it's so good so far. That um that means it was image. Uh, just okay. Yeah, think... it it's so good. You really should check out the. I think it's Netflix is the one that's doing Jupiter's Legacy, and it is really good. And that is definitely one that you should check out for just what you think you know about combat, and then seeing what that can do to a person. Like, it delves into that. And the other one is one that I have... If you follow our Twitter, you will see that I just tweeted about getting a hold of something. And that is, I finally bought the Witcher RPG from Artessorian. And I got my copy from Noble Knights, like Noble Knight Games, and I ordered it on Saturday. We record on Tuesday, and we had a, a U.S. holiday on Monday, and I just got it. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't that. know how I got it that fast. <laughs> but it was super, super, like, quick. I haven't even done more than open the front cover of it. But what I want to do is I really want to get into reading this book because my wife has been like, you know, you really need to read the books because she's read the first five books, I think. And she's like, you really need to read these. I'm like, I'll get to it. So instead, I'm trying to find the audiobooks because uh, I have more time for those. 
but I wanted to read it and the the role playing game and see how they tackled some of the things that were in the books as my wife has described them to me. And uh, if you are a patron, I'm going to try to do a write up of like a review of the book when I get it finished. And not like what we would normally do where we'd all sit around and chat with one people that worked on it and whatnot. I'm going to actually just put my thoughts into a several hundred word review, basically, of the book when it's done. Jules, what you got? All right. Well, with the whole thing about uh, combat heavy, I, I decided to pick up one with a story that kind of just kicks you right in the face quite literally, <laughs> um, but is incredibly heartbreaking and uh, kind of optimistic in a way. I picked Full Metal Alchemist. One, because the teacher that teaches the two main characters alchemy, she's teaching them while they are sparring, which is actually, one, is kind of cool, gives it a bit a little bit of world building, stuff like that. Um, but the story, like every character is so... Even some of like the the secondary ones are defined well. Uh, it's it's beautifully done. The music is amazing. Oh my god! Like rip your heart out, beautiful. But yeah. and the thing is though, there's as much as certain characters you don't want them, you know, because not everyone survives to the end, and we always know this. But they actually don't cheapen any of the deaths, and they actually have full story impact. Like one way or the other. And it's, you know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, the whole resurrection thing is like, and we see it so much in Marvel in DC, you know, with the, okay, they're always going to come back to life. This one is just like, no. And they, there's so many things that drive home how permanent death is. And yeah, it, there, there's some absolutely just beautiful and aching scenes. And the other thing is also you're seeing why you've got like, uh, you know, main characters, Edward and Alphonse, and they're, you know, some people they're fighting and the other ones, it's like they're seeing themselves, at least initially, as the hero in their own journey, but they are so diametrically opposed. And it's just like you can't hate either of them. They're both right and wrong. I'm like, mm. So it's yeah. it is it is well done. The and the emotional response I did like for a lot of things from you know, you're you're seeing some of the, the secondary characters coming back from a war, uh they had to 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 you know pretty much repress a rebellion, and you're seeing it's just and they're making comments about the dead eyes dot 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 and it's it's really beautifully well done. But you're also and there's also some of the hilarious fight scenes where they think they get to make care of getting up on their teacher and their teacher just flips them and throws them into a wall. So it's kind it's kind of funny in certain spots, but certain it shows the full range in my opinion at least of what fighting you know, in, in a story can be. Sometimes it's hilarious and sometimes it's just heartbreaking. So yeah. I, I recommend it. Uh you know, you could there's the manga and then there's the um there's the manga. There was the first full metal alchemist and full metal alchemist brotherhood is anime. And they're all they're all good. They're all well done. And you know, I recommend reading reading and watching both. You know, the story diverts in Full Metal Alchemist from Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Uh, Brotherhood follows the manga, but still, how they did the story, I still found it interesting. So, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right, Zen? Yeah. 
Yeah, and yes, I, I love that one. I'm, I'm I haven't actually, watched Brotherhood yet. I, I can lend it to you, but not only that, oh, I have I, it. <laughs> I have I have started the the song Brothers. Um, I, I am actually try. I got the sheet music for it. I am struggling to learn it and being able to do it on the piano. Nice. So here's hoping. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's going to go ahead and wrap it up, guys. So until next time, keep playing some fun. games. Have fun. <laughs> Roll some dice. And we will see you all next time. Have a good one, everyone. Thanks for checking in. It was a blast sharing our thoughts and ideas on our time. We hope that you had a great time with us and could hardly wait to share the next show. In the meantime, let us know how you handle this topic in your own games. You can find us on most social media platforms, especially Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you want to follow us, search for Seize the GM. And if you just want to follow one of us, search for our names on the social media platform of your choice, or go to SeizeTheGM.com for convenient links. Seize the GM is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. All copyrighted material referenced herein are held by their respective owners. No infringement intended and no claim of ownership is Once again, thanks to you, our listeners. We hope you gained some ideas for your ongoing games. Or the inspiration to run your first now get out there and play some games. Roll some dice. Be safe, and you'll hear from us again soon.